JJ. Welcome to Jersey Smarties. Welcome back, Jay. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. What's going on with you? Uh, How was your adventure today? Huh? How was your adventures today? Um, my adventures were awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, in, in, in the world, uh, that I was living in, it was definitely interesting. Holy crap. Um, yeah. What's wrong? You sound like you're a little, you're a little taken off. What's going on? Uh, I feel like I got like something stuck in my tooth. In your tooth? Uh, mm Mm-hmm. Cough it up. Just cough it up. It's just annoying. So I was listening to something today, um, and they were talking about, it was actually kind of funny. They were talking about, um, like, it's like some type of podcast or something going on where it, you, you ha- like they go through, what do you do if a bear attacks? What do you do if a rattlesnake attacks? So, like, I was thinking, like, we should have a safety moment on here. Like, if. What do if, you do um, if your neighbor attacks? Yeah, what happens if your neighbor attacks? <laughs> what happens and, if your and you're all alone attacks? in the woods? Or, or what happens if you're, like, at a bird store? Like, maybe the name of the bird store is birds of paradise let's say that and then um they attack like what do you do like how do you fend them off so, i would I probably mean, call for mayday look? i'd 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 call a mayday call out mayday right yep mayday yep. yeah I, i'm not gonna say that may or may not have happened with our next guest um i've known this guest for god it's got to be over 14 years now um he i've just watched him grow into uh this most more amazing i didn't think he could get any better i learned a lot from him on the fire side of things firefighting side of things technical side of things and actually believe it or not he taught me a lot about myself um and i'd like to uh welcome to the show my friend mike welcome mike welcome what's up mike how are you buddy yeah i'm good I had to tell Sam the Birds of Paradise story today. I had to tell. Dude, I've been bitten so many times at that <laughs> store. So many times. Just going in there with my wife and kids. I had a toucan grab onto my finger that wouldn't let go. So wait a minute. What what exactly happened? The, the birds really came, Were you inside the store and they attacked you? Yeah, so I'm stupid. Now I want to pet wildlife. And when you pet wildlife, you're gonna get attacked. I mean, I, I had a couple of parrots. I had a African gray, and I had an Amazon. Uh, uh, I actually bought my wife and or my mother an African gray about twenty years ago, and it actually just died two days ago. It was like thirty when I got it for. Her. Oh my god! I, I just I'm sorry. I just remember the radio. Mayday! Mayday! Birds of paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That must have been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. so my birds are crazy, man. They're crazy. Hey, before we start with Mike, I, I I have to announce. Did you guys watch CNN? Did you see that McCarthy got voted out as Speaker of the House? I uh, thought they were doing. Started that. to read it. That is insane. Uh, yeah, Matt Getz started it. And nobody thought it would pick up traction, but sure as hell, there we I, go. It's... I was looking at it this morning. I'm going, there. this is no way it's going to work. No way it's going to work. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Yeah, he's everybody out. was like, nope, get him out. And they did, that's, man. Yeah, that's insane. 
Uh, I think that was a poor political move because it's showing division in one side. That was a very poor political move. Yep. Yep. Very poor. And I think, uh, I think again, I go back to something that I've said to Sam numerous times. It's just something that shows that we're weak over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a, you know, maybe a good idea, but very bad timing. Very bad timing. Very bad. So Mike, um, you know, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about you. I know how, I know how much you love to talk about you. Um, well, why don't you tell us about yourself, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 36 year old wife, five kids live in West Virginia. Uh, joined the Marine Corps. I signed my papers my junior year of high school. Went in the Marine Corps into the infantry and, uh, Spent five years active duty infantry, three years working in the air wing on Huey's and Cobras. I got out and uh, had a rough time adjusting to civilian life. Uh, Before that, I joined my first fire department at 13 years old. Been doing it ever since. Love it. Wow, 13. Unbelievable. Yes, sir. I, I told Jay this in uh, one of the first episodes when he said he joined when he was 18 and 13. I don't even know how I would even so, be, be able to start back, to understand that. Back, Well, I was raised in the fire department household. I'm a third generation firefighter. Uh, my grandfather was in the Army and he was in the infantry, and they pulled him for firefighting duties quite frequently because they were stationed near an air base. And, uh, you know, you got to keep your whole air fleet in the air, not on fire. Right. That usually helps. A little bit. Uh, my father did it. He joined as a volunteer in Willingboro, 161. And then, uh, you know, as soon as I came of age 13 i became a an explorer firefighter in new jersey and been doing it ever since i did it uh <clears throat> did it all until i turned 18 and left for the marine corps i did it in every time i moved around in new jersey i did it each town i went to i did i volunteered out in hawaii while I was on active duty and uh, went right back to volunteer work when I got off active duty. Yeah, what what's great about Mike is um, one of the things when he was a Marine, he was stationed in Hawaii. How long were you stationed there for, Mike? Four years. Thereabouts, four, four and a half. Where in Hawaii? Is that uh, Honolulu Bay? Oahu. 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 So, I'm um, on the island of Oahu. I was stationed at Kaneohe Bay, K Bay. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, do you? What's that national certification, John? You're talking about uh pro board. Pro, pro board. board, yeah. So no, nope. I had to. I had to go through retrain and all that crap. Yeah, if you didn't get it, like, cause. I think Mike, when I went through fire one, 
I went through Fire One in two thousand and four, five. I was eighteen, something like that. And mm. uh, there, there wasn't a pro board option. I went to Gloucester County Fire Academy at the right. time. Right. Yeah, I went through in '93. So honestly, yeah. I, this blows my mind that. It, I mean, I know the Explorer program where I grew up in Hudson County. Um, I told Jay that, um, like, you couldn't be anything like a Boy Scout or any of that stuff because I was, I was a Boy Scout. Yeah, but, the Explorers through the fire department is actually through the Boy Scouts. But of it, it, where yes, I grew up in Hudson County, you, you couldn't be any of that stuff. You got the crap beat out of you by all the yeah the hard ass kids that wanted to show well, that, that when they could I grew take up, you out. I grew up in uh, Willingboro. I was one of three or four white families in the town, and I had a slight southern twang, so I was always fighting. I was always, yeah, it, I'd been a Boy Scout my entire life. Uh, I stopped before I got to Eagle because my grandmother got cancer, so I stayed home and worked with her. Well. Well, I think I told you, um, my son's an Eagle Scout, and it's amazing. It's a big door opener. And and I I have to tell you, I mean, when we did his Eagle Scout project, um, it you really don't realize how much these kids are adults at that age. The planning he did, he had to sit with an architect, he had to plan his whole rain garden out, plotted it, um, and I would say about 85% of the work was him and myself because, um, you know, on the weekends was the only time we could do it. And a lot of his friends wanted to go and hang out and do other things. And, um, I'm, I'm very proud of him, extremely proud that he got it done. And it was the first ring garden that was created in that town that afterwards it kind of took off. And there's a few others that have popped up since then. But um, it, it, he didn't want to take the easy way. Like some of them went and, and painted lockers in high schools. and uh, Yeah, that, those little pissant projects. Yep. He, no. he, he wanted something that was going to like be worth the sweat. And that's exactly what he did. He, he, I, I don't even know how many hundreds of pounds of rock and soil and all kind of things we we dug and moved and then had to put back in there and then the plants and um it, it was at the end it was really exhilarating to see how it all came together and that's the thing for me an eagle scout project should really reflect something that's going to last something that's going to last meaning reflecting the values of your scout oath and scout law, something that's not going to be over in a couple months when these kids finish high school and they re-key up all the lockers. Or... Yeah, exactly. No, it, it, it should be something beautiful that makes a statement and helps your community above all else. Well, that's what the whole yeah. purpose behind it is, is to support the community exactly. that, that you're from. Um, but yeah, it was... It, Again, the the scout program he was with was like an Eagle Scout producing machine. Every year was five to six Eagle Scouts. It was crazy. Yeah, same with one of my troops. I'm not going to say which one, but 
they came up with these just weak projects that just pumped them out at a cyclic rate to say, hey, we had six Eagle Scouts this year. Yeah, but did you really? Right, right, right. Well, the the board of review was the, these older guys that were tough as heck, and if you came with a crappy project, they would say, "Yeah, really, we we don't accept it to represent us." So what they had the kids focus on was a lot of the, um, the Elks Lodge and the uh, VAs and things like that to rebuild things around there and beautify it and take care of it. So. It was nice. It was community oriented from that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tried getting my son to do it and all he wanted to do was um, shoot the bow and arrow. And when he realized they were like making the wooden cars and everything, he was like, I, I, I don't want to do this. So when I was, uh, believe it or not, when I was stationed in Hawaii, they, uh, the local scout troop near the base reached out and said, Hey, do you guys have some Marines that can come out and help with scout camp this summer? And I reached out to my CEO and I'm like, hey, look, I was a Boy Scout. You know, I, I've done all of this. And he was like, all right, cool, you can go. And they were like, where do you want to be? I was like, I want to be at the archery in the 22 range. I wanted to help troops. I wanted to help troops, uh, you know, score better on the archer range and score better on their their rifle range, which just a single shot bolt action twenty two. And how how old were you when this was going on? I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was twenty shit, maybe oops, twenty one, twenty two. You're doing uh, good, Mike. You're doing good. Yeah, you're, you're doing good, buddy. Um, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying so hard. You're doing good. It's all right. Um, so it, it, I, you know, I don't know why I never. You've always had this need to help people. Um, so you go in the Marines and you do how many years? Eight. Eight years. So two. Was tours, that was that right? eight active? No, five active, three reserve. And during the reserve time, I couldn't deal with it. I had to, it was driving me insane. Because I went from active duty infantry to reserve air wing, where all you're doing is turning wrenches on helicopters. Uh. But because they wouldn't take me into reserve infantry, because they didn't have enough, uh, they're called boat spaces, open areas to where you can go into. They're like, here are the jobs you could do. And with my time in Iraq, I knew that whenever we needed help, the Huey or Cobra would always be there. So I said, I'll go into the air wing and I'll work on Hueys and Cobras because I knew those pilots, no matter what happened, you know, whether it's a, a brownout where, you know, just the weather's garbage and there's a big sandstorm. Those guys would come no matter what. They didn't care. So I was like, I'll be the guy turning the wrench to make sure that bird gets there for whoever's up front. So let me ask you, what's your favorite uh, war movie that uh, is out there, if there is any? Oh, gosh. Shawshank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you watch that? 
And that's why Jay has Down syndrome because right. Charles Chang is about being in prison. Uh, no, uh, Band of Brothers and the Pacific. I I just started watching the, the Pacific. Yeah, I it's amazing. It, yeah, those Marines went through hell. But also, uh, Generation Kill is probably top of my list. It's not a movie; it's an HBO miniseries, but. It relates to the war that I personally fought in. What is it called? It, Generation Kill. I'm going to have to look that it's up. Well, about, the, the other ones are series as well, Band of Brothers and, and Yes, the they're all Europe. HBO miniseries yeah. done by Spielberg's and, Spielberg and Hanks. But uh, no, Generation Kill is probably top of my list. It's an HBO miniseries, just like the others. But it's about the invasion into Iraq, and it dealt with a lot of the same stuff that myself and other veterans have had to deal with, because it's a more recent war. You know, it's about the invasion. So you're not impressed with Iraq. You're not impressed with like Strike Force with Chuck Norris, where he goes in there with a, a, a slingshot and a couple of rocks, and he takes out uh, the army. No. I'd rather suck start a shotgun than watch that. <laughs> How about Indian Chuck Norris? How do you feel oh, about him? God. So you guys, you guys were knocking that crossbody holster. That's very tactical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the so the the only instance in which a crossbody draw would be pretty practical is if you're seated. But listen, Mike. Yeah. yeah what I want you to understand is. Jay studied that in science. Right. I studied that in science, fifth, sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and you know, everything I say is factual, Mike. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he was yeah, a scholar. With that. <laughs> he was a scholar in science uh, that he was able to tell me it's it's to make him run faster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, uh, or sit better. No, yeah. your, your cross body draw for revolvers, best for, or, crossbody draw for anything is best suited for if you're in a seated position as if you're driving in a vehicle there you go and pull that firearm out and it's right there at your enemy whereas if it's on your right side if you're driving you have to lean away from your your uh your holster seat belt latch right. they, they, they also and nickname it's a, your firearm yeah it's uh the uh the drive-by holster yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they have holsters. Yeah. No, they just speaking of drive bys, you guys notice they just caught Tupac shooter. Yeah. Well, so we, that was we, on our last podcast. Yeah, we we were chatting about that. Like Oh, I missed I didn't hear that yet. Yeah, it hasn't it's come not out, yet. out yet. It's coming out, but like, oh my God. Like uh just twenty what is it, twenty six years? Twenty six years. Twenty six years, yeah just crazy crazy. i don't know i'm going with the conspiracy saying you know it's convenient that everybody else that was allegedly involved with it it happens to be dead well i i i I, I said this before it's just weird to me that all of a sudden this guy that they continuously have talked to and seen and apparently um was on was on an hbo interview series or special or something like that and all of a sudden a comment he made made them reopen the case to evaluate it. It just it, well, it's... they they announced uh, a year, year and a half ago that hey, we got new information. We're reopening the case. 
and it just so happened to be around the time that the interview that you mentioned. And I'm like, this idiot really <laughs> said something to get himself yeah. caught after almost 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably a question. Like, Maybe he what, thought there was a statue of limitations. So what do you think Poot Tupac was thinking when he died? Oh, I know exactly what he was. I was there. <laughs> it was probably something like yeah. that. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, I find it hilarious. His last words were, "Censor button, get ready. The yeah. cop asked him, you know, who did this to you? He looked at the cop and said, fuck you. Those wow. were his last words ever recorded. That's amazing. Yeah, he, um, listen, it's all gang related in the end. So I, I just, it amazes me stories like that. Um, so you're in the reserves for three years. You come out and when did you come? You, you just went right back to the fire department. What, what? So I was actually in the reserves when I was in the fire department with you. Right. Right. I, I, I knew that. What That was like, what, 2012, 11? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 2011-ish. Yeah. I got out. Uh, immediately, I moved right across the street from the firehouse. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I put my paperwork in immediately. I submitted all my certificates from all the other New Jersey, uh, New Jersey fire academies that I've taken classes through. Were you married at the time you were in the military? So... <laughs> I had to do a thing called request mass to get married. My wife and I, we met each other my freshman year. She's a little older than I am. Uh, I requested mass to get married because we had planned out getting married between boot camp and school of infantry. And they said, you're going to get in trouble if you get married between boot camp and school of infantry or MCT for people that weren't going infantry. And I requested mass. Well, at the time we canceled the wedding because we had it all planned out and everything. I hit my unit and I was like, look, I'm getting married. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, no, really, I'm, I'm going to get married. So I had to request mass, which is, <clears throat> You fill out a formal document to address grievances up to, you know, it'll start off at your platoon commander, and then it goes to your company commander, then your uh, battalion commander, then it can go to regimental. And then above that, it's like, what the hell are you even asking for? Right. But I didn't finish filling out my request mass forms. And they were like, you have three days, go get married. So um, at this time, my wife, fiance at the time, was living out there in Hawaii. And uh, we're, I was like, yo, we got to hurry up. We got to run to Honolulu. We got to get a marriage license. <clears throat> then we got married right there on base in... Uh, in K Bay by the my chaplain, and then we had to go resubmit that 
then when we went back and, uh, you know, consummated the marriage. So they gave you three days. Why? Because you had to ship out or what was the reason? You still, oh, you still what did you say? I said uh, you, you had to get married in three days. What, what was the reason? They were going to ship you out? Uh, yeah, we had a lot going on. We were, uh, they, the Marine Corps, probably all branches, looked down on junior enlisted getting married. Yeah, because you said you were between basic and um, infantry, Well, right? no, I had, I had hit my unit, and that's when I had to request mass to get married. I was supposed to get married between basic and SOI. But, the, you know, the, the, the military looks down on junior enlisted getting married because, you know, they're like, oh, they're just in it for the BAH, the basic allowance for housing. So they get more money, this, that, and the other. But, you know, my wife and I, we were high school sweethearts, all that crap. That 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 must make her feel good to say all that crap. <laughs> you're, you're you're such a lover. <laughs> Only when the door shut. <laughs> so you come back, you um, and I, I'll speak a little bit for you. I mean, you, you get we get submersed into um, the fire department weekends, working, doing it. Um, what was going on in your life at the time? Uh, which time? During that time where you started to spiral down. Oh, I was. So was this, I was uh, not the, doing so well. This was at the beginning of your. Um... After I got out. Yeah, after you got out, I you know, and I just you know, man, I just remember you saying, "I'm going to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back." And... Yeah, I couldn't do it. Just like a lot of other veterans, you know, it's it's a struggle to go from a thousand miles an hour every day to being for what I consider, you know, even though I was working eight, twelve hours a day, stagnant. Right. It, it was horrible. Yeah, I, you know, I remember overnight, you just had a problem sitting still, yeah. Overnight, you go from being in this massive brother and sisterhood to, eh, you're nobody now, you're a civilian. You know, you went from being one of the most trusted people in America to, all right, now I'm just working in a damn wood shop doing Yeah, there should be some sort of transition program. I mean, I've always said that when my brother got out of the military. So there there is a transition program. It's called TAPS, at least for the Marine Corps. Transition Assistance Program. But all that is is it teaches you to how to con the VA and all that crap. And how to try and doctor up your resume to make it look like you fit for the job you're applying for, which is horrible. (laughs) 
there's no mental health help no, that's it, given. Yep, and and if I remember correctly, God, what was it? It took a couple years before you were able to get help, right, through the VA and all that. Yeah. Well, be, well before even talking about that, I remember when my brother got out, like majority of the guys became police officers or troopers. And I always thought like, that's, that's not a good thing. I mean, they have great military training, but now you're putting them out there without exactly what you just said, like to almost like re-stabilize them from a mental health perspective from what they've been exposed to. Exactly. Yeah. But, it's, um... you know, it's, it, it's one of those things, you know, these guys have all these beautiful factors that they can bring to the job. But they're not right in their own heads just quite yet. Maybe some are. I'm not going to say everybody that gets out is a damn nut job. But, you know, it's regardless, you get out or not, you're, you're, well, what you need that help. So, you've gone through this experience of joining the military, coming out, going through all the stuff that you went through. How, how did you use that experience to benefit yourself and, and anyone else out there? Uh, well, I, I became a religious figure. I became ordained. It, since I was a child, I wanted to be in religion. Uh, I wanted to go to seminary at first. And uh, become a chaplain for the Navy. But then, you know, as a child, I learned about, you know, having to be celibate. So I was like, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> no. That was, so that was I the went, deal breaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I did my infantry time, all that. And uh, after a lot of reflection after I got out, I was like, you know what? You know, I, I need to get into the ministry and I need to help people. And it started off by playing video games with other veterans. And uh, it, it, I worked myself into the ministry. I spent a couple years working through it and finally became ordained how, how long you been ordained now uh well, about a year and three months good for you good for you and since you've become ordained i'm guessing you probably have been helping a lot of veterans and assisting them even even before that, so the what really drove me to become ordained was the fact that uh, veterans they only really opened up to their platoon corpsman, their their platoon doc, and their chaplain. Right. So I was like, well, if I can get vote or get vets to open up to me 
by becoming a minister and preventing them from becoming part of that 22 you hear about. You know, maybe I can make a little, little dent in what happens. So I, after a lot of reflection, I went through the process, became minister, and uh, yeah, just a matter of staying out on social media. You know, I've got, I've got veteran friends. It all started because of video games, believe it or not. What's the video game that you played? <laughs> Call of Duty? Uh, Call, Call of Duty. Duty, yes, sir. Um, Mike, how many and, how many people have you think you helped so far? And like about thirty-six. And they're everybody from military veterans to police officers to EMS, fire. So are you are you th- are you saying like, so EMS, fire, you're you're helping the first. Uh, what are some of the issues that you're seeing? I mean, I, I'm sure one of them is just mental health in general. Yeah, mental health. Mental health is the biggest thing, you know. Everybody wants to be tough. They want to suck it in and all that. And Jay, you've seen the repercussions of me not dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. And I think, um, you know, I think that's why I'm a big, big supporter of it today. And, you know, I, again, not on your level, but I had to deal with it on, on my end as well. Um, I mean, you know, watching someone you love, like when I watched you, it was hard. It was hard to go through that. It's rough. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were times where, you know, um, I mean, how many fistfights did, did, you know, we have, we ended the night up just to, to calm you down, you know, like (laughs) a couple, Yeah, a couple. And it's just like, you know, and the things that would come out, it was, it it was heartbreaking. You know, Uh, I, I think that was um, one of the hardest things, one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn was um, that I, I, I couldn't fix you and I couldn't like, you know what I mean? Like you had to figure it out on your own. I can only be there for you and support you. Um, And that's what drives me, man. Like, you know, you can deliver words and they could be passion. Mm -hmm. But if they're not delivered with compassion, they're useless. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, they have to, it, words are, are good, but if they don't have the right passion behind it and the right intent, it can just come off as this service I have to push off on somebody and mm-hmm. to push off the service on somebody just to kind of get through it. It's, um, it, it, it it's ingenuous. It, it, correct. Right. Correct. Correct. So, it, it really makes a big difference when you have someone connected to it and someone that has meaning with it and someone that can be honest and hold that confidentiality piece rather than just hold the confidentiality piece and give you words that you go home and you're like, what was that about? Right. Right. And I found it to be brutally honest yeah and and, and but that... again 
you have to be brutal, but you have to exercise compassion. You have to, you know, don't just beat somebody down for the sake of beating them down. Beat them down so they know what they've screwed up. But give them feedback. Don't. I want to tell you a little story, guys. So uh, many years ago when I was uh, working in uh, crisis counseling, I was going for my CADC so this way I could become a drug and alcohol counselor. And one of the one, one of the times that, you know, you have to do is you have to go and attend an, an NA or an AA group or um, some sort of co-occurring disorder <laughs> group and they teach you these words like, you know, when somebody says, you know, I've, uh, I've done this and I've done that, is you say, you know, I, I, I can appreciate what you're going through, but, you know, there's always other options available. And this one guy turned to me and he said, have you ever had to, and he used very graphic words, have you ever had to perform fellatio on somebody to gain money to go get drugs? And I just, I froze and I'm like, uh, what did they teach us to say? And I said, well, you know, I don't have to get hit by a truck to know it's going to really hurt. And the, the whole group just like turned on me like viciously. And I, I ended my career in doing that stuff because they're right. I don't know how to connect to that. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to go through that, to be arrested, to go through the mill and have the, the most important things in your life taken away from you. So for someone like you performing this service and this duty to help people, you can directly connect to them and be able to show that that compassion, that that peace that you had gone through the same thing. And if you do confront them, it's coming from a good place. It's not coming just from a, a academic piece that I learned and I'm going to now share with you. Exactly. Yeah, Mike's always got that special touch where, you know, you, you feel him being stern. You feel him on that edge of being like, like you're, you're you're like you're all like you're almost pissing him off to a point and then he just brings it back and he's like nah, yeah you know i'm here and he's like all of a sudden he's that person giving you a hug that help everything along that way was that after so, punching you in the face or uh, he, he, oh, yeah, i've done that once <laughs> twice today. yeah yeah i mean i left him a big hickey from my arm on his neck that caused an issue <laughs> remember that like <laughs> yeah that's sunday sunday fun day stuff um you know but that all came from you know and and i guess you know it's just i don't want to say it's the same old story but you know you have to kind of hit rock bottom and and then pull yourself up and you know mike gave himself the tools correct me if i'm wrong but you gave yourself the tools to be able to help people uh, I don't think I gave myself the tools. I think the tools were given to me. Same as anybody in any religious aspect, you know, they felt a calling and it worked. And they decided to answer. Yeah, but it, 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 I mean, the tools can be given to anybody. If I give you a hammer, then everything's a nail. So it depends on how you're able to manipulate Apply that. yeah manipulate yes. your your environment to the tools that you have available to you to use them better mike i also know that you are a, a huge 
huge um, supporter and, Giants fan. and help. Huh? He's a huge supporter of the Giants fans? No, he, he does not like Giants. I no, I hate organized sports. Yeah, he hates organized sports. Um, but what I was going to say is... Um, but hold on. The Giants are not organized. <laughs> so no, not at all. You're right. You should be a fan of theirs. They're so disorganized. They have no clue what's going on. Um, Mike is um, working um, with first responders, with um, vets. You know, um, he's he's active in suicide prevention. He's active in the crisis line for the veterans. Um, I think that's important to note. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about that work and and how how you got there and and how you feel. Um, you're doing like good work with it. Well, I'm hoping I'm doing well. Yeah, reach out if you're a veteran. Dial a veteran's crisis line at 988. Hit send and give it a moment and press one. And I'll hopefully can help you. Watch go. And then the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one eight zero zero two seven three talk That's one eight zero zero two seven three eight two five five. Or reach out suicideprevectionlifeline.org. We're going to put all those links up in the video. We're going to add them to the descriptions as well to help um anybody who's looking for it um you know mike i am so proud of you um and uh I- i'm happy to know you buddy look i'm sure you're not looking for the accolades but um you deserve them because you-, you took something that was pretty traumatic and tragic and you're turning it into a positive to help others even if they got to the same place you did to kind of re reset them to give them a, a better direction so uh, honestly it, it's it's not easy work i mean as uh, you know i work in a crisis unit i deal with a local hotline and usually the national hotlines will refer people to us that are in our area to be able to respond to and it, for anyone listening that call is probably the most important call don't shy away from it don't think that you can you know, deal with it on your own because sometimes you do need to hear another voice that has experienced something similar to what you have gone through and help you navigate through those tough times. Yeah, I'm going to repeat those numbers for everybody. It's the Veterans Crisis Line. It's uh, you dial 988, then you pause for a second, and then you press 1. Um, for the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that number again is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. Mike, thank you. Um, We're going to have you back on the show. Um, We love having you on. Um, We love having you on. Um, I actually, uh, this was, this was the more serious thing. I think we still got to talk about aliens, ghosts, um, conspiracies, (laughs) conspiracy theories. theories. For me, that's a big one. Because again, they're not theories if they're true. No, let me tell you something. I just, I just heard one today. So tomorrow they're doing that emergency broadcast thing, right? Yes. And for some reason, they already have it set up to go, well, if it doesn't go off tomorrow, we can do it on this date. 
And I heard the 11th, I believe it's all through the 5G network, which is going to get the nanobots that were put into us by the, the COVID um, vaccines. COVID, the COVID vaccines. Yeah. And that's how they're, they're just so you got to turn off your computers, you got to turn off your phone for between 11 and 12 tomorrow. But we're going to get into all that. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to talk again, I'm always available. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have you on. You're gonna you're gonna guest host with us. We're gonna get people on here, and we're gonna talk some stuff, man. Yeah. Um, All right, Mike. Well, we. But Mike, what what we definitely have to do is, um, and John, if you could work on that tonight, send them one of our Wi-Fi extenders to plug into the tree outside. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He sent he sent me a message. He said it's whatever West Virginia. drug dealers using the internet now running the internet i said i'm in west virginia internet powered uh meth head running off his fix on a treadmill <laughs> I, I mean it must work most of the time but they haven't changed over to anything else so. right god no 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 but man i appreciate you know west virginia coal miners burn coal to power the city (laughs) oh man all right man i appreciate you thank you so much for being on the show gentlemen i am uh grateful for the opportunity to talk and the opportunity to get some help out there for those listeners that may need it we are a big fan of your work and you getting the listeners help. Um, we want to be advocates and help you do that. Um, it's a, it, you know, it's important to us and uh, we appreciate you, man. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thank you. This guy is uh, amazing. He's gone I, through I, a whole hell and uh, back and I, I love his attitude. I really do. I, I told um, you this before. I love, I this, love, I love this, this mic. Um, you know, seeing that mic back then and seeing this mic now, I actually, um, I mean, I, I, I actually am getting emotional thinking about it, but, uh, I mean, we had great times. Um, and I, I we, we had a crazy and are you going to cry? <laughs> we had crazy and amazing times. Um, but I just love the person he is now. I mean, he's so, he's so, um, serious about his work um and really just kind of um just putting it all together man he's putting all the tools there and and doing it and i i appreciate it it is nice it's nice to see someone regain who they are and create a better person of uh what they want to be it's got to be tough the whole addiction issue is beyond words and especially for people that have gone through the military experience that he has gone through um it's good to see him back yeah it is it is um but i do have some research that i did um if you get attacked by a bird these are some of the things you should do are you ready stay calm what don't kind, panic what, what kind of what kind of what kind <laughs> wait, of bird though wait this is just the beginning all right it just says bird okay if you get attacked by a bird is it a macaw should. right protect your head and face with your forearms if the bird continues attacking um, Wait, seek that. shelter with, as quickly as possible with because what? it's better than standing there with your forearm with your forearm okay yeah um avoid the area altogether 
because if you're being attacked by the bird, <laughs> you obviously screwed that part up of the mm. instructions, right? Mm. Um, and the other one was if a person or pet is actually struck and the skin is broken, the wound should be washed, tested, treated, I'm sorry, with antiseptic. Yeah. So as it's attacking you, you're going to treat it? Yeah, I don't. I, I have no idea. Like, mm. there was no words of wisdom there. Like, you should snap its neck, nothing. But there is a birdproofguide.com you can go to. Yeah. You know, again, I'm so impressed with your research. You come up with the most amazing things that um, are just unbelievable. I'm a research guru. I know. You are the guru. I am the guru. Yeah. We've only known one guru, and I surpass him. I'm better in everything. Absolutely. So much bigger. So much bigger. Just don't bigger. let him hear it because then you're going to have some problems. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just bigger. So um, good podcast. I, I, uh, I, I really hope that if anybody is out there and needs help, they, they call those hotlines. Again, we'll put those links up. Um, and uh, if I don't tell you enough, Mr. Sam, I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you, man. Listen, um, to our friends out in Greenland, Thank you for listening. Um, Iceland, yeah, Greenland, Iceland, same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one of it's those. like I don't know. But. I don't know why they call it Greenland when it's all filled with ice. Yeah, way to go! So, <laughs> unfortunately, they're not getting their Wi-Fi from trees. They're just plugging it right into the iceberg. And I think that's the problem. Then the iceberg takes off on them, and then right, right, and that iceberg's got plenty of Wi-Fi, and it gets further and further away. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're putting the Wi-Fi connectors in West Virginia on a deer, and the deer is just running away. <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought the antlers would bring better reception. Right, higher, and then all of a sudden they started running away, and you know, whatever. But anyway, listen, stay classy, New Jersey, and have a great day on purpose. Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Jersey Smarties podcast on any number of formats. Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Just click on the button. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening to Jersey Smarties. Real talk, real people.